Shalom, and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. My dear friends, uh, I'm glad it's an adult crowd tonight. Because this week's Torah portion begins with a scene that would most definitely not be appropriate to discuss with Temple Religious School students. Just before we meet Pinchas, known as Phineas in English, here's how Numbers chapter 25 opens. I'll translate from the Hebrew. While the people Israel were staying at a place named Shittim, the people profaned themselves by whoring around with the Moabite women who invited the men to the sacrifices for their God. Now, after these Israelite men engage in sexual escapades with the women of Midian, God lashes out in anger and orders Moses, according to the Torah, to take all the heads of the people, the ringleaders, and have them publicly impaled. And before Moses can act on God's command, I'm not making this up, a leading Israelite named Zimri brings a leading Midianite woman named Cosby to the sacred area near the tent of meeting where the people were weeping from a plague, and there in public, the couple begin to copulate. This is not Woodstock. These are the verses introducing this week's Torah portion. And this arrogant escalation of sexual sin inflames the leader of the Levitical guards named Pinchas, hence the name of the Torah portion. Pinchas grabs a spear and skewers them both in the act, the Israelite man and the Moabite woman, through the belly, according to the Torah, killing them both. Now, we moderns are hopefully shocked and appalled by the bloodshed and vigilante justice approach of Pinchas. But perhaps more horrifying is God's response. Guess what Pinchas gets for doing this? An eternal pact of peace, literally a brit shalom that God gives to Pinchas and his heirs. So before we go any further, big questions abound like, why would God mandate the death 
of all the leaders, innocent and guilty alike. And why would God reward Pinchas for a violent and impulsive act of killing, even if that couple shouldn't have been doing what they're doing? Well, the dean of the Ziegler School of Rabbinic Studies and a friend, Rabbi Brad Artson, notes that Judaism, unlike other religious traditions that emphasize only the positive or focus on the sublime and the beautiful, Judaism has always adhered to the reality principle, which means that religion must illumine life as it happens, not some artificial edited version that would be useless in a time of crisis. Life can be bloody and unfair, right? Violence can sweep out of control, and the lives of innocent people, like this week's carjacking and murder of my friend, Methodist ministerial colleague, Reverend Eason Williams, who we've attended Memphis clergy meetings with over the years. So the problem with this week's Pinchas story is not that it doesn't resemble real life. It's that it reflects the reality we face to the T. Let me quote Rabbi Artson. The challenge of the Torah is the challenge of looking at life without blinders. And the truth is that we do live in a world in which the innocent often pay for the deeds of the guilty. In an ancient midrash to Exodus, way back in the third century, known as the Mechilta, the early rabbis, think about this, 1,800 years ago, they commented that once permission has been given to any destroyer to do injury, think about school shootings, it no longer distinguishes between the innocent and the guilty, the rabbis say, end quote. Once violence is unleashed, because human beings live in society together, whether in Memphis or anywhere else, the good and the innocent regularly pay for the sins and the selfishness of the wicked. In a democracy where all of us have the power to vote and to lead however you vote and lead, we become responsible for the sins of our own society. Because Judaism argues that in a free society, whether in America, Israel, or anywhere else, in a free society, while some are guilty, we are all responsible for the sins of our own society. I am a capitalist, but the growing gap between rich and poor with not much in the middle is troubling. The staggering rate of child poverty, bias and sexual violence against women, pollution and climate, all these are our collective responsibility because we allow them to continue thinking, doesn't affect me. Judaism has never been about the me. Judaism has always been about the we. Each of us can either be part of the solution or part of the problem as we turn to the Torah's picture of real life in this week's violent 
Pinchas story. The Torah paints a portrait of real life to empower you and me to create holiness in this world. Sacred relationships, even sacred sexual ones instead of wild, out-of-control animal behavior, which, by the way, the rabbis who were all men, they got it wrong, but figures you're going to understand why I say that. They blamed the Midianite women for whoring around instead of blaming the Israelite men who, like too many of today's men, cannot control themselves, causing women health issues, unwanted pregnancies, and worse. From biblical times to this day, men need to be regulated far more than women when it comes to sex. That's for sure. Ending an Israelite orgy of promiscuity by killing two of the leading perpetrators gets Pinchas and his progeny breed shalom, God's protection. And the later rabbis would assert that because of their zeal, Elijah the prophet, you remember? We welcome him on Passover. And Pinchas were one and the same. They actually believed that Pinchas was an incarnation of Elijah and that Elijah witnessed the egregious sexual misconduct as an earlier incarnation as Pinchas. Elijah, do you remember this? Elijah is said to be present at every bris. We actually designate a kisei Eliyahu in Elijah's chair at every bris as testimony to a silent prayer that this infant will one day become an adult Jew, set apart not only by his circumcision, but even more by the quality of his character and behavior. Now, if you're still puzzled why Pinchas gets rewarded by God with an eternal covenant of peace, I want to share our tradition's explanations. But first, let's admit there is a strand in every religion, including ours, that finds this Pinchas character admirable for demonstrating an extreme version of fanaticism known as zealotry. Pinchas inspires generations of Jewish zealots. I mentioned to you, Elijah is supposed to be Pinchas reincarnated. And the leader of the Maccabees in the Hanukkah story, Matityahu, He's also linked to Pinchas in the book of Maccabees. But later, and this is important, in this portion, God's going to remind Moses that he's not going to live to lead our ancestors into the promised land. So God tells Moses to appoint a successor, which turns out to be Joshua. Why not Pinchas? Why couldn't Pinchas have succeeded Moses? I like the Reformed Jewish Commentary answer by Rabbi Salkin. He says, maybe the reason Pinchas couldn't have succeeded Moses is because he was a fanatic, and fanatics destroy communities and societies blinded by their zeal. True, Pinchas was zealous for God, maybe even had some morality, and, but he took the law into his own hands. He executed two people without a trial. Today we call that vigilante justice. It's illegal. It's dangerous. So maybe that's why God granted Pinchas 
a covenant of peace less as a reward than a needed correction to his violent behavior. Some even say that this covenant of peace God bestowed was an inner peace to calm him down. Finally, my friends, in every Torah scroll, any synagogue, any scribe, it's interesting to note that the letter Vav in the word Shalom for the covenant of peace, written by the scribe, it's always written broken and distorted instead of like this. Because this guy Pinchas's idea of shalom wasn't a complete shalom. Yes to enthusiasm, yes to passion, even zeal, but fanaticism and violence, it's not only not admirable, it's dangerous and broken. Hence the broken letter Vav in every Torah. When people resort to violence, or take the law into their own hands. Watch out, innocent and guilty alike. That's what the Torah is telling us this week. I hope you agree. Wise words for our time and for all time. Amen.